winds to blow over the lands all that day and through the night. And then when the morning arrived, the east wind had brought the locusts, and the locusts swarmed over the whole land of Egypt, settling there in the dense swarms from one end of the country to the other. It was the worst locust plague in Egyptian history. There has never been another one like it. The locusts covered the whole country. They darkened the land. They devoured every plant in the fields, all the fruit of the trees that had survived the hailstorm. Not a single leaf was left on the trees, the plants of the land of Egypt. Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron. He said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Confess this, he said. Forgive my sin just this once and plead with the Lord your God to take away this death from me. So Moses left Pharaoh's court and he pleaded with the Lord. And look at this, verse 19. The Lord responded by shifting the winds. Responded by shifting the winds. The strong west wind blew the locust into the Red Sea. Not a single locust remained in all of the lands of Egypt. No, there's a lot that the Bible has to say about winds. It mentions it many times throughout Scripture. And here today, I just want to bring this message titled, The Wind is Shifting, to us here this morning. The wind is shifting. If we could, just lay our Bibles down and just lift up our hands one more time. I just want to invite the presence of the Lord again into this place that we can just hear from Him. Lord, we come to You, Lord Jesus. We are so thankful. God, that your word, God, has already been established in heaven. But God, I pray that you would establish it in our hearts today. God, that you would use me as your your mouthpiece here today. God, that we could receive your word. God, that we could be changed by it, be moved by it. Lord, I believe, God, that we have obstacles that come our way. God, and I pray that right now we could uh, overcome every obstacle, God, to your word. Lord, that every distraction, anything, God, that would cause a hindrance. In Jesus' name, God, have your way. Amen, amen. You can be seated here today. Praise His holy name. You know, wind has always been somewhat of a mystery to me. I don't think it's just myself. I think it's kind of a mystery to, to all of us. It's, it's air that's in motion. And we have, we've done our best to understand the ways of wind. Science has produced methods to determine the speed and the direction of winds. You can now pull up your weather forecast and you can see uh, tomorrow what the winds are going to be like and what direction they are. If, you're, uh, if you are a golfer today, you may want to know which way are those winds going to blow. Am I going to shoot a, uh, a good round of golf or not? Or if, you are, uh, if you're wanting to go fly a kite with your kids, you want to know which day it is that you want to send that kite up into the air. And science has provided us some of these uh, abilities to be able to forecast wind. They can determine the origin of wind, yet still, to myself at least, the wind is a mystery. And we can feel it. We can see the effects of it on the trees, and we see them sway in the path of the wind. And at times, we can even Smell the moisture that's in the air. Just you can smell something as the wind begins to pick up, and it's as if it's it's bringing with it this this change as the wind comes in and it sweeps through. And I, I look, uh, just think back to different times where wind has has caused headlines on you know, destruction that could be caused by wind because wind it has destructive and creative power that you have 
certainly witnessed winds that have come in and perhaps even destroyed parts of your home or your property. And you've seen businesses and homes that have been destroyed because of wind. And on oceanfront cities, strong winds can produce massive waves that will come and they will cause catastrophic damage in the streets because of the wind that was blowing. You can even see the wind gets strong enough, whether it's a hurricane or or a tornado, that cars can be carried away just because of the force of the winds. That trees can be uprooted and flung, and that wind it can be a destructive force. We see that even through Scripture, where winds will come in and it will cause destruction. I think back to Paul when there was a time when he was getting on a ship, and on this ship. And God had told him, he had warned him that, uh, now Paul was a prisoner, wasn't his choice to be on the ship, but uh, God had told him, you get on this ship and there's going to be a, a, a heavy storm that's going to come in and it's going to destroy the ship. So Paul warned the sailors that day. They said, now we've looked, you know, and every, uh, they didn't have the weather forecast that we did, but whatever forecasting they did, they said, we looked at it, we determined we're good to set sail. And yet... As they got onto the sea, it says in Acts 27, that not long thereafter arose against it a tempestuous wind, one called Eurachladon. And when the ship was caught, it could not bear up into the wind, so we let her drive. And that ship was destroyed. It was, it was all the people cast up on shore, washed up on shore. And you see this wind in its destructive nature. In the book of Exodus, in the text which I opened, the Lord sent an east wind that brought a plague of locusts to Egypt. We see other times where wind plays a factor. It was Peter who was walking to Jesus one day on the water. And all of a sudden the wind picked up. And it was the wind that caused him to doubt. And the wind that caused that fear to come in. And he began to sink. And it's, it's the wind that can come in. And it can cause us at times to to feel as if things are falling apart because it's hard to stand against the wind, right? Anybody ever been out outside and it's a wind gust almost blow you over? I remember not too too long ago I was uh, I was at a restaurant in Fort Wayne and opened my door, opened my car door. We had just parked in the parking lot and. And the wind caught the door and ripped it out of my hands and smashed somebody's mirror right next to me. It caused damage in my door and all kinds of things. The wind, it can, it can come and it can cause some damage. But here's the good news that I have for us today is that the wind can change. And that I believe today that the wind is shifting. That God is with us. That God is with you right now. That God knows your situation. That God knows exactly what you are going through right in this very moment. And that God is with you. That God is beside you. That God is above you. That God is beneath you. He's on your right hand. He's on your left hand. He's in front of you. He's behind you. He is inside of you. He's everywhere with you. And that as long as God is with me, then I know that the wind, whether it may be blowing to something that seems destructive in my life right now, that God can shift the wind to to a different direction to say that everything's going to be all right. 
See, some of us today, you've been facing the winds. Your life has not gone the way that you wanted it. That just recently, your ministry perhaps is not producing as much as you wish it would. Or you, you today, you have no joy and you woke up and that joy seems to have vanished. And you wish for peace, but the wind seems to be against you. See, some of us here today, you are even sitting in this room, you have been facing a wind that seems like it is unceasing. It continues to blow your way and your life is just not going the way that you want it to. And, and here's what I want us to do today. I want us to get a God's eye view of our circumstances. Let's get a God's eye view because things can change depending on our perspective. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it tells us that we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. That we are perplexed, but we are not to be in despair. That we may be persecuted here today, but we have never been forsaken. That we may feel as if we have been cast down, but as long as you're here today, you have not yet been destroyed. Well, is there somebody here today who has a testimony to say, I may have been persecuted, I may have been cast down, but I'm here today and I haven't been destroyed, I haven't been forsaken, my God is with me. And I want to have a perspective on my troubles. I want to have a perspective on the wind that's blowing my way that says that it's all in God's hands. And as long as it's in God's hands, then everything's going to be all right. See, in our American English, we so often use that word but in a negative way. You might hear no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You don't want... You know, you don't want somebody to disqualify something that they say. They'll use that word in a negative connotation or a negative way. You know, he's got a new job, but it won't last. He has a new girlfriend, but I've seen him with a couple girlfriends in the past and they didn't last. Maybe the Holy Ghost touched me on Sunday night, but I've still got to go to work tomorrow. You know, I did this, but that. You know, she said that, but I've heard her say that before. But when Paul uses it there in 2 Corinthians, he isn't using that word to disqualify something. Well, I guess he is disqualifying something, but he's disqualifying the negative circumstances that he was facing in his life. He wasn't disqualifying something good that was happening in his life. He started the phrase or he started this with the things that he was facing, the circumstances that were against him. And he was saying, I may be facing it. He said, we are troubled on every side yet, or but we are not distressed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are cast down, but... We are not destroyed. See, that type of faith that Paul, the Apostle Paul is demonstrating here, he is using this, this, this word to begin to shift somebody's faith, begin to speak to somebody who's going through a circumstance. He's telling us, you may see the wind is blowing in this direction in your life, and it doesn't seem to stop, but the wind is shifting. The wind is shifting. Come on, I believe that somebody here today needs to hear a word from God that the wind is shifting in your life. The wind is shifting. 
that this is a normal response. Now, there's a normal response to conflict and negative uh, circumstances that everyone has that we would that we would kind of lose heart a little bit. It seems as if we pray and it's like those prayers, they aren't answered immediately. We may, we may lose a little bit of faith or we may get a little bit downtrodden, but God wants to speak to somebody today and say, don't let your eyes be downcast. Don't let your heart be saddened that God has it under control. See, there isn't anything that God cannot do. And when you get a God's eye view of your life circumstances, you realize that from the bottom of the mountain, looking up, that mountain is massive. But you get up in an airplane and you look down on that, air, on that mountain and it doesn't quite look as big anymore. You, you stand at the bottom of the mountain and you look up and you say, there is absolutely no way that anybody could ever scale that mountain. But you get up on the top And you look at it from a different perspective and all of a sudden you say, you know what? I think maybe somebody ought to be, somebody ought to be able to do that. Maybe even myself, I could do that someday. When you change your perspective, you realize that anything is possible. That God can shift things in your life. It's in Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy, For his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, he quickened us together with Christ, that by grace ye are saved. And he raised us up together and he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. See, hard times have a way of putting you in your place. <laughs> they have a way of giving us a sense of humility without any regard for all of the adult achievements and honors and credentials, all these things that we've accumulated. We feel as if we have our, our, our hand on life or we have a handle on life. And all of a sudden, hard times come and we realize, I don't have as much control over everything as I thought I did. I don't have... As much control over all my circumstances as I thought I did. But I do know one who holds all my circumstances in his hands. I do know one who he has everything from beginning to end. And and I know that as long as I put my faith and my trust in him, then everything is going to be all right. So what do you do when the wall of circumstance begins to close in and it begins to make you feel, you know, suddenly like you're, you're small? What do you do when you, when you are living at, at, the, at the mercy of just life's messes that keep coming your way? Do you struggle hopelessly? Do you, do you stand there and, and just look at your failures or look at your fears that, you, that are coming your way? Because if you dwell on the fear, if you dwell on the failure, it's just going to keep on coming. But when you begin to shift from the failure to faith or when you begin to shift from the fear to faith God begins to respond to that and there's a shifting that can begin to happen in your life 
There's a shift that begins to take place when from yourself you begin to say, not am I going to look at what I can do about this, but I am going to have faith that God is going to do something great, that God is going to carry me through, that God is going to change my circumstance, that God is going to get me through this no matter what. And when you do that and you step forward in faith, now not are you small compared to that, but you are greater than any thing that could come your way and so here today we, we were just just up here before i came up we were just singing these songs these worship songs and i believe that worship I, I really believe that worship is such a an important time for us especially when you are going through circumstances in your life a worship is a time for us to respond and, and to have active faith. It's a time when you can show your faith outwardly, and it's not for the ones who are sitting next to you. It's not for anybody else in here. You're not, you're not doing it for them, but for yourself to say, God, I trust you. God, I, I may be coming in here right now, and I'm not, you know, my, my life, it seems as if the wind just keeps on going this direction and my life and it's just keep on pushing me down the street and I can't get a firm grip on life right now, but I'm going to worship you anyways. God, if you've got to push me down the aisle, God, if you've got to keep on me, you know, I, I got to keep on going, God, I'm going to worship you anyways. Come on, there's that old song. It's, it's not a Christian song, but that song, I'm dancing in the rain or I'm singing in the rain. Come on, is there somebody in here who in the rain's coming and the wind? blowing you're gonna sing a song you're gonna lift up a hand you're gonna say god you are good all the time god there is nothing that can come my way that's gonna deter me god nothing can take my praise i'm gonna be like paul and silas who are in the prison cell at midnight and it looked like everything was dark it looked like everything was dim but i'm gonna lift up a voice and i'm gonna lift up a hand and say god be praised god be praised in the middle of my circumstance Worship is a way to actively show that I have faith that God is in control. God, I have faith that you are able to move mountains. God, I have faith, God, that even if I continue in this, I still know that you're on the throne. And I'm going to recognize that you're on the throne. It doesn't matter if I have to walk the rest of my life in the middle of this circumstance. God, you're still on the throne. And I know that you are able. But God, you are worthy to be praised even in the middle of my trial. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, we have somebody that's beginning to catch a hold of something right now. God, I want to give you praise. God, right now, I believe, God, that you respond to the worship. God, you respond when people begin to lift up your voice. Lift up their voice, God, and praise to you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yeah, come on, somebody. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, there's something about worship that begins to shift the atmosphere. There's something about worship that begins to change. Come on, what you're going through. It shows out I have faith. God, in the middle of my trial. God, I have faith right now. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm only about halfway through my message, but I believe God wants to break something open. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I just got we just got a text message just a moment ago. We've been praying for Jamie Harker. Amen. He's been in months in the hospital, in and out of the hospital with infection in his body. He just got results back that said he has no infection whatsoever in his body. Amen. God is able. God is faithful. God is good all the time. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I just want to say one, one more thing. We're just gonna we're just gonna let loose and worship here today because I believe somebody has faith enough to shift the circumstances in your life, or at least to shift your perspective. Because it was on the day of Pentecost. It was on the day of Pentecost that they were in a tough time. They were in a tough place. That the church was already facing persecution. Now this was the birthday of the church, but they were already facing persecution. Jesus had just been, he had just been put to the cross. And they were hiding away in their homes. That they were there. But now all of a sudden, they gathered together in an upper room in Jerusalem. And it says that while they were gathered there, that suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting and when they did that there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance when the wind blew in to that room they said God I know that you are good God I know God that everything that's happening in my life. God, I can't stay in the room. But it began to spill out into the streets that day. It began to spill out into the city that day. And there were 3,000 added to the church on the day of Pentecost because the wind began to shift. Because the faith began to shift for the people. And they were filled with power. They were filled with faith. Come on, if there's somebody here today. If there's anybody here today who wants to just stand up and to begin to proclaim that my life, it may say that my circumstances are such and such, but if I know God and I know Him and then I know Him to be God, then I'm going to put my faith and my hope in Him right now. And I'm going to show and practice active faith that God is in this, that God can shift the tides of the wind, that God can begin to shift right now. Come on, would you begin to pray right now? There's somebody right now around you that they need God. Amen. They need God to shift some things in their life. You are- 